Welcome to the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. We are Josh Runquist and the Metal Fairy. A fun-loving metal couple that brings you the best in new music. What did you just make me listen to? As well as movies. Three hours later, nothing of value was added. TV. It's going good, so why not cancel it? Video games. Here's an idea. Remake the game, but make it worse. Wrestling. Why are we still watching this week after week? And all things entertainment. I knew it. I knew she was behind Black Guy Gate. And a little insight into our personal lives. You don't mind that I trauma dump on you, do you? Uh, emotional support girlfriend, party one. He's a handsome fella. I know, you keep telling me. We're made for each other, because no one else would have us. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Josh Runquist here for the Heavy Debriefings Podcast, episode 27. We finally made it into the 27 Club. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> we'll survive the 27 Club Hopefully this time so. around. But, of course, along with me, I have... The Metal Fairy. And how are you doing on this fine four-degree weather day? <laughs> it is cold out and it snowed yesterday. Not a ton, but still enough. Um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm a little chilly. It's chilly in here. But other than that, I, I am hanging in here. Don't you love that about our apartment in the summer? It gets way too hot and in the winter yes. it gets way too cold. It does. It does. It's There's no, no settling for the right temperature. <laughs> no, there's not. And tonight it's going to be a low of negative eight. And for international fans, that's negative 21 Celsius. Celsius. Oh, fancy so, using Celsius. Yes, I actually had to look that up. But uh, <laughs> for the for the rest of the world who actually makes sense when they come up with temperatures, yes, it's mighty cold. It is mighty cold. And we have a mighty great show for you today. We got we Accountability do. 101 with Pain of Salvation. We do. Uh, we are going to be going over our top vocalists. Of all time, yes. Of all time. Oh, yeah. uh, what we've been enjoying lately, maybe some stuff to look forward to in the future. I don't know what necessarily is going on next week, but I'm sure right. we'll have some good stuff. Exactly. But of course, as we always do, we got to start off with the news. The news. So we got news all over the place today. Um, Big news in the world of metal. Winter Sun Time 2, according to Yari anyways, is officially fully done. People have been waiting for this since the very first Winter Sun album. Yes. I mean, when Time officially came out. Right. Yari said that there was going to be Time 2. Yes. And nearly 20-some years later. (laughs) We might actually get to hear Time 2. After how many fan donations, a sauna being built, a number of guitars that apparently didn't arrive till last year, so he couldn't even start really recording anything until then. And that was a brand new endorsement. Yes, yes. So that rendered everything (laughs) before that point utterly meaningless. Uh, Timu not being in the band anymore, uh, I'm yeah. guessing. I mean, who knows? Who I mean, knows? He, he's never said he's actually out of the band, but he is officially in Megadeth now. Yeah, which would take up a lot of his time. I, is Winter Sun even going to be playing shows? I, well, right? Right? So maybe Timu could stay in Winter Sun if they're not even going to play shows. That is true. That is true. Maybe they're just going to be a, a sauna project at this point. Yes, they play, <laughs> they play in the sauna, which would be absolutely horrible for all the instruments it involved. Would. But, uh, of course, no mention of the percentages of of all the other albums that apparently Yari is working on. <laughs> Yet I remember distinctly the last time he did a percentage post. Yes. Time 2 was completely at the bottom. Yes, it was. It like, was. he wasn't even working on it. He wasn't thinking about it. No. So what changed? Did he just compile them all together and be like, okay, here's Time 2. I'll make the fans happy for a second. Or are the album, other albums even a thing anymore? Who knows what goes well, on Well, that's why I'm wondering mind. if there's even going to be shows because it seems like he's going to be putting all of his focus into all these other 27 albums. Right. So 
Like, when is the time to even going to be able to tour? And just imagine putting a set list together. You're not even going to be able to play a song off of every album no. that you have going on. No, he doesn't even know what he's doing anymore. Now, we actually had a very fortunate incident. Well, not incident. It was no. actually a good time. Yeah. Back when we first started dating. Yes. We actually got to see Winter Sun. Yes. And Flesh Got Apocalypse. Yes. At a children's theater in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. What a venue. Which I imagine was the only metal show that they ever had there and ever I'm will. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, you were such a fangirl for Winter Sun back in yes, the day. Yes, I love Timu. You love Timu. I still love Timu. Uh, you bought a Winter Sun flask despite the fact that you rarely, if ever, drank I in know. your life. I know. I still have it, though. <laughs> Instead of buying a t-shirt or something, you bought a flask. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, we saw them at a children's theater, so, you know, it's like it has that little extra bit of creepiness to it. It does. Especially for Flesh God. I think yeah. it was seeing them in a theater. It was very fitting for Flesh God. And, you know, obviously some things have happened since then. They put out the Four Seasons album. Yes. Since then. Uh, four mm-hmm. songs, all songs, all, well over ten minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember that album at all? It's, um, it's not one I actually revisit often, though, so it, I listened to it at the time, but... <laughs> but then a whole bunch of stuff started happening after Mm -hmm. that yes and is it fair to say that your fandom kind of dwindled after that point yeah i mean i will always love the first winter sun album i I, it's amazing in time yeah Yeah, yes yes. mm -hmm. um but the first one is the one that like that i love even more it's just i i it's a little winter madness winter yes like today exactly (laughs) exactly but it's it's hard to really support and stand by yari after all the crummy things he's done you know i mean don't get me wrong it's not like from me in, in in terms of comparing it to some other people out there today uh, but it, it's still just kind of like shady like eh, i don't know yeah i i enjoy winter sun yeah i do mm-hmm. but winter sun became a meme yeah, yeah. like with all the stuff that happened like uh, pretty much holding nuclear blast hostage for more money <laughs> yes. and then doing the crowd raising crowdfunding uh getting a sauna the, the guitar endorsement deals right and the only thing in almost the last 10 years was a minute and a half long guitar demo yeah. which was available for like two weeks and then he took yeah. it away <laughs> like they didn't just become a meme he played into the meme yeah and even with the time two stuff like all week like uh, you'd have like this very cold backdrop with a percentage yes. in the center yes. just like playing into it yeah and like I feel bad for the rest of the band like like I said I love Himu I love Himu and the, the rest of the band could be wonderful people who have nothing to do with his crap but <laughs> I don't knows? think they're involved. I think I they're told what parts to play and then they just go and record them. That's certainly the impression or, I'm getting. well, I think everybody except for the drums, uh, Yari might even just do it. Maybe, maybe. Is, and isn't that the case with every solo album? Like, yeah. I play everything except for the drums. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. But, uh, yeah, so do you have any expectations for Time 2? Honestly, no. I, ha- I have zero expectations. It could be amazing. It could be just a conglomeration of, like, all this random stuff that he's worked on thrown together just to like put something out there who knows like i I feel like he's kind of gone off the deep end (laughs) like i don't know where he is anymore and who knows like you said the involvement of the rest of the band so who knows who knows are you gonna check it out oh yeah i'll check it out absolutely how can you not at this point well that's just kind of where i'm at right now it's just like there's no way this is gonna be the magnum opus of (laughs) of all metal albums of all time like like people have built it up to be that's true it's like this folklore of metal (laughs) 
that could never possibly live up. It's a fairy tale that was never going to come true. Yeah, and now, who knows? It could be out next week. Yeah. It could be out in 2030. I have no idea. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the album is 100% done, Mm -hmm. does that mean, like, the album art is done? Does that mean, like, all the mixing and mastering is done? Who knows? It it, it could drop today as we're recording this, for all I know. It could. (laughs) And if they do build it up, why are you going to build it up? You've already had people wait this long. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just drop it if it's 100% done? Yeah, yeah. It's all a mystery with them. It's madness. Winter madness. It is winter madness, right? (laughs) All right, we got some other news we got to talk about. I got to get out of this. Yes. Yes, Howard. Okay, so some other music news. So Slipknot is being sued by uh, the the Joey Jordison camp, essentially. Um, His estate from uh, the band profiting off of his death, essentially. Yes, they have a traveling roadshow that they do along with Knotfest where they have different merchandise and uh, things owned by the band or used by the band for albums and live shows and stuff like that. And apparently they have a bunch of stuff from Joey Jordison, Mm -hmm. like drum sets and uh, shoes and outfits and stuff like that that's a part of the museum. Yeah. Apparently all that stuff was supposed to be going back to the Joey Jordison estate Mm -hmm. and they're literally making money off of the death of Joey Jordison when it comes to that. Yeah. Now I don't know if you have to pay an extra fee to visit the museum while Knotfest is going on. Right. I don't know if that's a part of the ticket. Regardless, you know, it's like people are paying money and you can go see something that's supposed to be back with the family and the estate. Yeah. How does that how does that feel for you? I mean, obviously if it if it's supposed to be with the estate, it should be with the estate, period. No arguments against that. As far as like the making money off of a part, I, I feel like I'd have to have more context around it. Like, is it like you said, do you have to pay to go see this thing? Is like his part of it like something special, or is it kind of like everything slipknot altogether? Because then it's a little bit harder to narrow down, like, yes, he his estate is losing money because of this. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, though, like you said, if it's part supposed to be going to the estate, it should be part of it. And the other thing is uh the previous album, uh apparently after Joey Jordison's death, yeah, they started saying like the album is in tribute to him. Mm. Um supposedly like the week after the album came out. Yeah. Kind of trying to boost her sales, supposedly. Oh, it, it may be true, it might not. I don't really know. It's all kind of just speculation yeah. at this point. Yeah. But uh ugh, it's a little tug collary. It, it it's hard to say. I mean, because obviously they were band members with this guy, so maybe they were trying to pay tribute to him, but at the same time, you know, there's things that can be profited off with it too, so it, it's kind of gray area all around. And it's funny because they have an album called The Gray Album, oh. which <laughs> is about uh, one of their founding members, Jim Gray, dying. Yeah. And that was an album literally in tribute to him yeah. in the title and everything. Yeah. The latest Slipknot album has nothing to do with Joey Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. They're just saying it's in tribute to him a week after the album came out and around the time Joey Jorgensen died. Gotcha. I gotcha. So, so it wasn't like a plan. No, it wasn't a plan thing. So yeah. like, are they trying to make money off of it? Or? It's hard to say. It's so hard to say. It is. Or maybe it's just like, oh, he's gone. I really feel bad about this now. So we're yeah. going to pay in tribute to that. And that, that could be. That could be. Ugh. I know about regrets all too much in my life, so <laughs> I, I, get I get it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, some other kind of music news. So there is a YouTube channel called Drumeo, and uh, Drumeo is basically a YouTube channel which uh, features a lot of guest drummers that come in. Uh, sometimes they'll play stuff that they're known for. Sometimes they'll listen to other people's music and come mm. up with their own drum stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's about like practice routines or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have a website where you can learn how to 
to play drums and they have like sheet music and charts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a huge, huge amount of uh, different drummers have been a part of there. Yes. And uh, one in particular has kind of struck a chord with uh, the metal community as of late. Yep. So Mike Portnoy, uh, formerly and now currently again of Dream Theater, uh, appeared on there and he was one of the, the uh, guests who was uh, hearing a song that they weren't necessarily familiar with and know exactly who it was and were to kind of lay down their own drumming for it. And it was a Nickelback song. And uh, and that alone. Yeah, that alone is kind of a shocker because, you know, you don't, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily put Dream Theater and Nickelback together, but especially prog nerds of the world. Oof, it's a touchy little subject. Oh, they got up in arms. <laughs> they did. But uh, in talking uh, to Mike Portnoy, the, the Drumeo channel that is, uh, they learned a little tidbit about how Mike Portnoy almost played a show with Nickelback as their drummer. Yes, apparently their drummer was going in for like back surgery or something like that. And there was going to be a festival in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Uh, It ended up being canceled and stuff like that. But um, they called up Mike Portnoy and asked if he wanted to do it. And he Mm -hmm. got sent a thing of music to learn. And boy, how the world would have went ape poopy if if that gig would have happened. Just hearing about this, they're going insane. Yeah. Just imagine (laughs) if the video ever came out, uh, people went to go see it. Now, as someone with absolutely zero skin in the game, what do you feel about this? I just think it's funny. I mean, Nickelback, like, I, I feel like they're a band just, that the people have just determined is, like, the easy band to dump on. Like, I have no interest in them, but they're they're doing their thing. Like, let them do their thing. Who cares? Like, they're not hurting anybody as far as I know. <laughs> so, like, but whether it's prog people, whether it's, like, uh, people who hate ghosts and saying they sound like Nickelback, like, it's, it's all over the board. Like, people use Nickelback as, like, a terrible thing all the time. And, like, they don't realize that people partner up with people all the time that you wouldn't think of. I mean, Devin's worked with Nickelback. Or not Nickelback, with Chad Kroger. Yeah. So, like, calm down, people. It's not the end of the world. Just a, a side project. And you brought <laughs> up a point without even realizing the point. Yeah. Whatever band's p- the most popular mm-hmm. is the one that gets crapped on the most. Oh, yeah. And at one point, that was Nickelback. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it happened with Ghost. Yes. It's happening now with Sleep Token. And there's other bands that uh, I'm sure are doing that as well. Uh, a lesser-known band, but are getting more popular, Bad Omens is another one that mm-hmm. uh, gets that as well. Yeah. Gorgira was getting that for a bit. Anytime more popularity comes to a band, mm-hmm. the more people crap on them. Yeah. And I can only assume it's because they're getting more popular. Uh, yeah. What mm. other reason is there? Yeah, I mean, we all, look, we all have tastes. <laughs> and you can like something, you can dislike something, that is fine. But if something you dislike becomes really popular, I, I feel like some people just have like a visceral reaction to that. They, they just can't handle that because they think it's like a slap in the face to them and their taste is elite and it's like no just back down back down and the other thing i don't understand is we live in 2024 yes unless you work retail yes you are not subjected to any kind of music out there no any kind Mm -mm. why do you care about (laughs) something that you don't have to listen to why put your energy and time into like carrying something down or carrying the people who like it down like just don't listen to it don't pay attention to it go on with your life find something you do like like are you really hearing Sleep Token at Target? No. No. <laughs> I, I know I've heard Sleep Token once or twice because we've turned them on. Just oh, to I see put it like. on so you can yeah. hear what they sounded like. But like outside of that, I have not heard them at all because I didn't enjoy them so I just haven't turned them back on. Yeah. Are they on Top 40 Radio? I have no idea because I, I can't listen to yeah, Top 40 Radio. I don't radio. listen to it so I wouldn't know. <laughs> we listen to one radio station in the car and it's about entertainment <laughs> gossip. Yes. 
I freely admit that because <laughs> it's because it's the only yes, uh, my talk 1071 in <laughs> Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul. Oh. But yes, uh, a free plug. Go ahead and put our show on there on Sunday nights when I know you have left free exactly. advertised shows. Exactly. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. We just have sure. a little metal tinge to it. Yes. But no, seriously, like, and even if you do hear it on the radio, yeah. In the words of the great George Carlin, which is another news story I want to bring up. Okay. You can either turn the radio off or yeah. change the station. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Exactly. Exactly. And again, like, <laughs> there's so many great streaming services that are out there now. There's MP3 players that have been around for over 20 years. <laughs> yep. There's so many different ways to listen to the music that you want to. Take out your own Zune, old Zune player. Yes. The almighty <laughs> Zune. Yes. There is nothing stopping you unless you work retail. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you have to be subjected to Christmas music and you hate Christmas music, I get it. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, it's just like it's just a couple months a year yeah while you're working it, I, I just don't understand how something like that can destroy your life no no there are way bigger fish to fry now as for <laughs> my point uh, with someone a little bit of the skin of the game actually going back into the point of this whole segment yes I think it would have been cool for Mike Ornoy to be able to show off what he could do in Nickelback yeah because A you could bring Nickelback fans into being Dream Theater fans or any mm-hmm. of the other bands that he's been a part of yep B maybe the prog fans could get their stick out of their hind <laughs> and be able to appreciate something a little more mainstream. Maybe. I'm Doubtful, not say- uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm a Nickelback fan. I had to cover them a lot and when yeah. I was doing cover band stuff. So, yeah. you know kind of like hearing any song except for Rocket Queen off Appetite for Destruction. I'm okay with never hearing any of those songs again. <laughs> yes. And that's a good chunk of the stuff that I had to cover is I'm good with never hearing them again. Yeah. But if I hear them, I don't care. It doesn't ruin my life. It doesn't bring back trauma flashbacks like other things in my life do. It's just a song. It's just a song. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a, a great paycheck for him. I would have imagined yeah. he would have oh, yeah. gotten like five or six figures easily. Maybe. for Nickelback yeah. for being able uh, yeah like they're one of the biggest bands in the world still like that would have been a really good paycheck yeah. so what's wrong with that exactly now that's the point of going back into the Carlin stuff yes there are two comedians online yes who have decided to dabble into AI mm-hmm. they are gonna be putting out a new stand-up routine I don't know if it's video but okay. it's gonna at least be audio yeah where they've basically wrote into Chad GPT and all the other AI stuff mm-hmm. and filtered it through the voice of George Carlin okay so George Carlin has an AI stand-up special that's gonna be coming out soon okay yes where it's like he's doing a new stand-up routine in 2024 yeah except it's not him he's been dead since 2009 yeah that's gross that is very gross is it not it's not his material no. so don't put his voice on it yes and you're gonna profit off of this like yes forget it dude no yeah that is really messed up is it yeah, not yeah that is disgusting uh the special is called george carlin i'm glad i died oh is the, is the name of it well i mean he, he Towards the end of his career, he had a lot of stuff about him dying and stuff like that. Well, so and I that's understand not, that. That's not the worst of it. Right. Like it, well, it's no. Been, but, but still, like, don't put words in a dead man's mouth. Yes. <laughs> like, hearing about Carlin's thoughts on Trump's presidency or the pandemic that we went through, yeah. he has no way of knowing because he died. Right. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it's it's really messed up. And I, yeah. with George Carlin being my favorite comedian of all time, yeah. like, this one stings. Yeah. 
and I, I wanted to wait for the show to get your initial reaction out of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I never really got your opinion on him. I don't think he really care. Eh. But, you know, just yeah. still, like, exactly. doing that for stand-up just is, as a is human not being. cool. <laughs> so, how do you think that works for, like, AI in general, though? Like, if people are doing that for stand-up, I mean, is it okay if they do that in gaming? Is it okay if they do that in music? Is it okay if they do that for other things? I mean, I, I, I guess it depends on, like, are they doing it under the, the name of somebody who's dead? <laughs> or are they doing it under, like, their own name as a living human being? Or are they doing it under an AI, you know, guise? Well, that's another thing that's going on right now is yeah. apparently some video game companies, mm. and because it wasn't in a contract, because the idea never came around, yeah. which is the whole idea of, like, uh, how the AI strikes were happening last year, mm-hmm. in video games, they're taking the voice actors' voices, mm-hmm. putting them through AI, mm-hmm. and coming up with new dialogue okay. for different games and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, are the people getting paid for it no. still? Well, then, no. No. I mean... Yeah, they never said it. <laughs> they're, they're just taking their voice and putting it through an AI thing. I think that's messed up, then. I mean, unless they, like, agreed to it, but I can't imagine agreeing to that. No, they didn't agree to it because, like, when they signed contracts with stuff, that wasn't really a thing until, yeah. like, a couple years ago at yeah. most. Yeah, yeah. No, that's messed up, then. You should be paid for your work and either have the choice to do the work yourself, or, I mean, if you are okay with an AI, like, doing your voice, fine, but you should still be paid for your rights. And that's what's going on in the world right now. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's a, AI is affecting everything yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, pretty messed up, the things that are going through. Scary. It's, it's very scary. Who knows what levels it'll get to. And, oh. Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, oh, deep fakes. Yeah. It's already out there where uh, you can put uh, anyone's face onto, um, let's say, adult entertainment. Yeah. And uh, make it look like that person is a part of it. Oh, yeah. That's sure. already a thing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Ugh. Do we have anything else left in we the news? We have two more things. So up next, in a little bit of wrestling news, Jim Ross may be finally retiring. Yes. Uh, there is talks that he wants to call Sting's final match, mm-hmm. and that might be his final match that he covers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, his contract is running up on Valentine's Day, yes. which he's had since 2019, mm-hmm. which is a good long contract. It five is. years. It is. Which, uh, that's hard to believe. That's already been five years. I know, right? <laughs> All the hopes and dreams that we had with AEW back oh. then. And they were there and then started plummeting. I know. Since I know. Brawl Out. Oh. But how do you feel about Jim Ross potentially putting up the black hat and I, calling it a day? Honestly, I think it's time. Like, I love Jim Ross. He was one of, if not the best commentator ever in wrestling. But I just feel like it's at a point now where it doesn't feel like his heart is really in it anymore. And he's just, there's other commentators on AEW right now that are just a little bit more into it, I feel like. So yeah, I say let him let him go out on an amazing match and do his thing, you know? Now, I will say, obviously, there's been some things that have been going on with him. He's had some cancer scares. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, the loss of his wife. Yeah. Uh, so many things. That, uh, hitting on Natalia's sister on Twitter. <laughs> he is a, he, he is an outspoken man on Twitter. He is a horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yes. Here. But, uh, you know, like, even his earliest stuff in AEW, I did like. But yeah. it, it just, mm. yeah, it just felt like his passion's not there anymore. Yeah. And it, it might be rightfully so for a lot of different reasons. But I think, like, maybe even just bring him back for, like, a match or so once in yeah. a while. But yeah. he doesn't need to do the full-time stuff anymore. Not even the part-time mm. stuff. Just let him let him go out. Give him a Legends contract like they do in WWE yes. where he gets paid and he doesn't have to do anything. Exactly. <laughs> 
I think he's earned it at this point, and I, agree. I think the other commentators that are still enjoying it have proved that, uh, you know, Jim Ross isn't the only name in the game anymore. It's true. true. Finally, all the buzz amongst all the, the youngsters and chopping a target. <laughs> yes, we're finally going to oh, talk about it, folks. We forgot to talk about it last week, but the Stanley Cup. Yes. <laughs> Now, you're going to have to speak to me about this. Yeah. Because yeah. I am familiar with insulated cups. Yes. In fact, I use a 64-ounce insulated jug every mm-hmm. day, and I drink at least a gallon of water out of it. Yes, yes. It's mainly used for, like, those big buff weightlifters, mm. but it's worked for me. Yeah. And I've lost almost 80 pounds mm. since I started drinking a lot of water yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you're very happy to see the results that have come from that of and stuff. Of course, yeah. Now, what is it about Stanley? And what is it specifically about the pink cup yeah. that is driving everyone a poopy? <laughs> I need to know. So I would attribute a lot of this to TikTok. Like just trends, drinking trends on TikTok have become a huge thing over the past few years now. Like drinking water out of, and not just Stanley, there's a variety of these types of cups. Um, But in the different flavors you put in it and like coffee trends and there's all kinds of like drinking trends on TikTok. And Stanley really started to rise through TikTok as the probably the biggest one again there's a few other versions See, and i know stanley is like a hardware company yeah they have other i know they have like they have like lunch boxes and stuff like that they probably sell it like menards or something yeah <laughs> see that, that's what i mean it's like i know them for yes. like the hard working man yeah kind of stuff not really yeah. tiktok stuff. It, I, I think it just took the right tiktoker to like buy one of their cups and like everybody tried to be like them and then it just shot up from there you can buy them anywhere there's a variety of colors you can get for them all like all over the place um there's like i said there's different brands i'm a simple modern girl myself <laughs> um but the red and pink ones are the special valentine's ones that came out for uh valentine's day at target so of course all the girls went crazy i mean there's nothing special about these compared to other ones it's just a new color and it's a, it's a trend it's a trend did people just discover the insulated cup then i'm assuming uh, no no i mean insulated cups have been a big thing for a long time now but well, that's what i thought yeah but I, I think water talk is what it called it became a big thing maybe a couple years ago now okay and and that kind of where it started i would say and the outcry oh, that yeah. i've seen from people going on about these cups <laughs> yes is the exact same thing that i can apply to the music talk that we just got done having yes you don't have to buy this cup you don't have to know <laughs> You're not regulated to only drink out of this cup and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, why is it affecting you? Yeah, it's the same thing with a lot of Starbucks cups too. People go crazy about those and they get in line and try to buy them all and it's nutty. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with people if they if they care about it and if yeah. they got the money for it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. But why the outcry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what's going on in the world these days? Right? Things that we don't cover on this show? There are bigger that are things. horrible, horrible things going on? Real? <laughs> atrocities there are way worse things than not getting the stanley cup <laughs> or, or worrying about people if they worrying about others getting the cup yeah 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 again i'm happy with the 20 dollar one that uh, i got at best buy yeah mm-hmm. 64 ounces keeps it cold throughout the night and i drink it throughout the day yeah i'm fine yeah and and stanley cups are great i'm sure i haven't had one myself i've i like i said i'm a simple modern girl but <laughs> i i yes you are i <laughs> i get enjoy drinking of them they work good and they keep things cold and if 
they can get you a drink more water, all for it. But yeah, you don't need to lose your mind over it. Now, would you turn down a Stanley Cup if you were presented one? Oh no, I've thought about buying them in the past times. They have cute color sometimes, and I, I like a cute color. But do, do you think it's worth the price? I don't know what they go for. Uh, they well, it depends on what size it is. The size I use would be about thirty-five dollars, I think. Um, which is about the same as most of the brands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it depends on what the size is. But I, I think they're all a little overpriced. But they were they, they were good, and you know, it get me to drink more water. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you know, the insulated cup is what got me to start drinking a lot more water. It keeps exactly. it colder. I drink at night when I get dry mouth if I wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, I drink it throughout the day. My pop consumption has gone down considerably mm-hmm. thanks to it. Yeah. And again, I've lost almost 80 pounds exactly. in two years because exactly. I started drinking out of it and it's helped a lot. Yes. Um, just use whatever cup you want, but it doesn't have to be insulated or not. Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to make is drink more water. Yes. Drink more water, but don't like go beat people up at Target to get a certain cup. No. Like there's knockoffs and if you care that much about a brand, you need to prioritize your life mm-hmm. because I'm sure any of the cups get job done. Yes. <laughs> it's not technology where it's different processors and stuff like no, that. No, nothing like that. It's metal <laughs> and plastic combined yes. to create something to put your beverage in. <laughs> All right. Coming up now is my new favorite segment of the show. <laughs> as again, as we mentioned last week, uh, the three random songs is uh, gone at least for the time being because I found a new way to be able to hold the Metal Fairy accountable. Yes. With Accountability 101. <laughs> now, for anyone who thinks that we're uh, taking a jab at accountability in modern times, the Metal Fairy came up with this name. So, you know, uh-huh. uh, y- you can send your hate mail to her about uh, accountability for what people say and do online. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, folks, we're just having a little fun with this. And the whole idea of this is I keep trying to tell the Metal Fairy to check out Band A, Band B, Band C, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And she always says that she's going to. Yes. We've seen some of these bands live. I've interviewed some (laughs) of these bands. She's commented on how attractive some of these men are in the band. I haven't really noticed that with women yet for bands that I've shown you, so I can't say that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I play these sometimes at nauseum. But you can't like or dislike a band until you check them out by yourself on your own free time and make a decision for yourself. Mm. And this past week, we had one of my favorite prog bands. Yes. Uh, well, at least 50% of it. Uh, yeah. Half of it is a little <laughs> rough for me. Well, maybe less than half, but close enough. Yeah. Um, the band from Sweden known as Pain of Salvation. Yes. Featuring the uh, ever attractive Daniel Gilloy. Mm-hmm. Especially since he started doing his uh, Brazilian dance fighting of capoeira (laughs) now this is a band i've talked to you about since 2013 yes and you've never checked them out yourself no um i know you've heard a couple songs along the way yeah sometimes you've liked it you said sometimes you didn't like it Mm -hmm. i never really got your impression of them but Mm -hmm. uh, before actually checking out stuff did you have any impression on pain of salvation i mean i knew daniel was an attractive man and uh, yeah I was kind of on the fence with them, like you said. I mean, like, there, there were some stuff that I enjoyed, some I didn't enjoy quite as much. Um, So I, I, was, I was curious, like, what it would be like in my entire album. All right. And I tried to go with the one that I think he would enjoy the most. Yeah. Um, It's got some of the biggest songs that they have on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashes is the biggest uh, Pain of Salvation song. They made a music video first for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where most people got to know them from. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite motifs in music is uh, played twice throughout this album. 
home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to try to do it because I'll ruin it. You'll just have to check <laughs> it out yourself. Um, it is also a kind of a convoluted concept album as well, I will mm-hmm. admit. Uh, that's why they also made a, a part two. Mm-hmm. But I finally had you check out The Perfect Element. Yeah. Now, a couple of years ago, this got uh, remixed and remastered, so mm-hmm. you can hear things a little bit clearer. I didn't think there was really a problem with the original version, but uh, the new version, you got to hear things a little bit more, more instruments kind of stand out and stuff. Yeah. And last night, of course, uh, nothing like waiting till the 11th hour. Exactly. You actually sat down and listened to the album, I as did. far as I know. I did. Okay. Now, <laughs> what did you think of the perfect element? <sighs> okay, there it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I feel like it is a mood music type of thing for me. Like, I have you in the right mood for it. Because there, there's parts of the songs that I really, really like. But then there's parts that are a little bit more um, out there, if you're mental, so in, in my mind anyways, um, that don't really hit me sometimes. But but in the right mood, I feel like they could. I think Daniel has an amazing voice. I, I really like his voice. Very, very sexy. Very sexy. Um, and he's got an incredible range, too. Like, yeah. he can hit those lows. He can hit the falsettos. Yeah. I, I mean this in a good way, so don't take it in a bad way, anybody. But I feel like he's almost kind of a Justin Timberlake of metal. <laughs> like, just kind of sexy and kind of cool and just kind of that vibe about him, you know? Well, if you've seen music videos from Pain of Salvation, I think there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one video where he's dead and a woman is so attracted to him that uh, she just has to climb on top and do her thing. Understandable. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But no, um, yeah, I mean, there are parts I definitely like. There. Any examples? Did you write anything down? So some of the songs, I like the ashes. I like the ashes. Uh, Idioglossia, I think I really like. Yeah, I think that's the one that has my motif in there. Okay. I, I remember. I think her voices I liked a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, those were some of my favorite songs. Um, but I'll tell you that, like, there, there was definitely parts of every song that I enjoyed. There were just parts that were a little, little more, like, I don't know, just a little too cool for my normal style, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I'm like, oh. Okay, I don't know if I get in here. So, like, if they would have cut those parts out, you probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I would say that. But I, I, I really like his voice, and yeah, there's parts I really like, though. Now, I did give you a second album to check out if you enjoyed the first one. Yes, I didn't get to check and that one out yet, but I will. you have? Yes, I will. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, would you say this was a success or a failure? It was more of a success than a failure, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right, so you're willing to give them more of a chance. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Especially and, the music videos. Yeah. And there are more that <laughs> are a little more mainstream as well. Yeah. Um, I think politically, I think you would enjoy the album Scarsick. Okay. Which is uh, all about how horrible America was after 9-11. Well, Like yeah. with all the uh, TSA, NSA kind of mm. stuff going on. And uh, there's one particular song called America that uh, like calls us <laughs> out on all the crap that we did. And, okay, yeah. Um, there's some rap in it. <laughs> so I don't th- know if th- that would go well with But again, it goes with the range. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's got the range and, you know, kind of like with Mike Patton stuff, you got to admire the fact that he can do all this stuff, even if it's mm. not necessarily your bag or not. Not, yeah, but yeah. Um, there's some more mainstream kind of forward forward albums. Yeah. Straightforward albums. That's what I was like to say. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad that you at least gave it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, uh, do you have any thoughts on Pain of Salvation? If you're listening to this yeah. in uh, YouTube or podcast land, uh, do you like Pain of Salvation? Uh, did, did hearing the Metal Fairy guide you one way or the other into checking them out? Please let us know. Mm-hmm. But next week, this is where the fun begins as we spin the choice. Let's 
spin the wheel. Yes. Do I get to spin it? Yeah, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spin it myself. Okay. But uh, for anyone that missed last week's show, I decided to put so many of the bands that I've wanted the Metal Fairy to be able to check out and put them in a wheel mm-hmm. online. She just has to click, click to spin, and then she'll spin the choice for next week. All right. So there we go. I think that's shuffled enough. So okay. go ahead and spin the choice. Ooh, it's making a noise too. Big money, big money, big money. Oh, Faith, faith, faith No more. more. And I just realized Pain of Salvation is still on there. I saw so. that too. <laughs> we'll have to remove that one. Yes, we'll have to remove that and I will get rid of Pain of Salvation. Well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are familiar with Faith No More. I am. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I would say I'm mainly familiar, well, growing up, I was mainly familiar with Epic and Bjork's Fish. Um, Outside of that, <laughs> yeah, I have gotten a little bit more familiar with uh, Angel Dust in recent times. There's a few other songs from there that I've listened to on occasion. Um, and I know you've played their stuff for me too, but that's mm-hmm. about as much I can name. All right. <laughs> well, the cool thing about Faith Elmore is it's uh, one of the most mainstream bands Mike Patton has. Yes. I mean, there's other ones that he's been a part of as well too, but uh, of course he's he's done some very wacky, wacky stuff. Yes. But Faith Elmore pretty much is like more centered to be on radio than anything else. Mm-hmm. Epic is not a good example of Faith No More because they have so many different styles to them. Yeah. They can be almost death metal. They can be jazz. Mm -hmm. They can be classical. They can be hard rock. They can be so many different things. Yeah. And I feel like anyone of a particular style would be able to enjoy at least one song from Faith No More. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna have you check out my favorite Faith No More album, Angel Dust. Okay. Uh, It is not the one with Epic on it. No. Uh, That is the one before that, the real thing. But it does have midlife crisis. But it does have Midlife Crisis. I know that song. Yes. Uh, It's my favorite one, and I think there's a lot of great songs on here. Um, I'm very curious to see what you think about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, I would uh, recommend you to check out The Real Thing as well if you you make it through Angel Dust. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check out The Real Thing, the one with Epic on there. Yeah. Uh, Those are probably the two that would uh, hit the best for you. Okay. But um, I'm very curious to see what will happen next week when you finally check out Faith No More. Up next, we are going to be talking about our top 10 favorite vocalists of all time. Now, this is one we've been thinking about doing for quite a while, but we finally decided it's time. Yes. Now, how did you approach... Th- I mean, obviously, top 10 favorite albums or er, vocalists of all time. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. It's right there. Yes. But how did you approach it? Yeah. I mean, for me, I just kind of went through my Spotify, tried to pinpoint all the vocalists that have some kind of a meaning to me that either really touched me with their style or their emotions or whatever and compile them all together and then figure it out from there. I, I, I will say that there are definitely some vocalists that I don't love everything they've done, but I still always love their voices. Yeah, and that's a great way to be able to approach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, what I did uh, kind of similar yeah. as well, but I just went with like the ones that are the most memorable to me, the one that uh, kind of changed the way that I think about music, the way that I go about how... Um, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to interview many of the names that yeah. I have on here as well, yeah. too, which is so cool for me to be able to say. Definitely. And of course, be able to check out heavydebriefings.weebly.com for links Links to all of those interviews. <laughs> yes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just like the vocalist where it's like, wow, this has really impacted my life yeah. and I think in a positive way. Yeah. So that's the way that I've approached it. But of course, with all of that, we need to decide who's going first. Exactly. And it's no longer up to us. No, we're using the wheel. Yes. Half of it is mine. Half of it is yours. Yes. Let's see what happens when we spin the choice. Ooh. 
Oh, the metal fairy is going first. I am going first this time. That's fair. That's fair. Fair. I went first last week. <laughs> exactly. And there's the congratulatory stuff going Fireworks on. Fireworks and everything. Okay, my number 10 is Sharon Denadel. Um, you might know her from Within Division. <laughs> I also understand what you mean now by not enjoying everything that they've done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I love everything Within Temptation until probably a couple albums ago. Then it, it's not that I hate their music. It's just, it, it's it's different. It's different. And I haven't gotten that into it. But Sharon's voice is that of an angel. It's just, it's ethereal, but it still has that like really emotion behind, like, like that strong emotion behind it. I feel like it's very like, not to get all like a little fair, but like it, it's female empowerment for me. <laughs> like her voice is like, I feel like it, it, it has the female voice for me, you know, and it's just, it's beautiful and dramatic and just amazing. I totally understand. Uh, I've gotten the chance to be able to interview here as well. Yes. Uh, for not the latest album, but the album before that, when yes. they made their change. Mm -hmm. And I'm still happy I got through it. I think there were some songs off of that album that yeah. I do enjoy. Oh, yeah. It's mm -hmm. still weird here with Temptation and Papa Roach working together. <laughs> that is true. But then again, the album before that, they decided to work with X to the Z exhibit. Exactly. So, on uh, one of the best. Uh, Lift up your head. Yeah, gotta get gold. Yeah, we out of here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I really do enjoy Within Temptation, yes. even if they're not uh, the band that I enjoy them for anymore. Yeah. But I will also say I'm glad that we got to see them live. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that was that was fun seeing them. Mm -hmm. uh, my number 10 is Michael Mills of the band Toehider. Okay. Or Toehider, however you wish to pronounce it. Yes. Um, Australian musician who plays everything, a very good guy. Uh, a lot of prog nerds know him uh, for being a part of the last few areas on albums. Uh, he can hit death metal growls. He can hit falsettos higher than King Diamond mm -hmm. and everything in between. Mm -hmm. He's just got an incredible voice and his ideas of uh, music is absolutely insane. Uh, he can write a 44 minute long song about his appreciation of Prague. He can, uh, there's there's so many great things that he's done and uh, he's currently in the midst of doing uh, 12 EPs over 12 months uh, and uh, doing different <laughs> styles on every album. Uh, sometimes it's more pop rock. Sometimes it's death metal sometimes it's it, it goes into so many different directions and he can hit it vocally everywhere yeah and he's also the first one to tell me that i should try to continue on keeping on with the wizard beard <laughs> <laughs> so i just might because of him we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens <laughs> i'll start calling you gandalf <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you're familiar with him i i'm not i am not no, no. maybe if i played him you'd remember but uh yeah for now i will keep my judgment to myself all right uh my number nine is our beloved dan swano only number nine huh you, you know I got a lot of got a lot of singers I love. Okay. Um, but Dan Swano, I, I mean, the, obviously there's some projects that I'm have listened to a lot more than others, so I, I am sure we'll cover that in the other wheel at some point. Um, <laughs> but I, I especially love Nightingale and I love Weatherscape too. But Dan Swano has like just this rugged voice. Like he sounds like this rugged but like smooth, suave character. I, I, I feel and I might get some, some bad comments for this, but I feel like his voice is similar to Kip Winger in a way. Like in I a, get it. Yeah. I like, it. <laughs> and almost looks wise a little bit too like they both just have like this kind of rugged yet very like smooth and strong like aspect about their voice that I just love <laughs> take me away <laughs> well, he has a great voice he, and, does. Uh, he does maybe I'll say something about him later I don't know we'll see what happens we'll see what happens <laughs> my number nine is Tom England okay Evergrey Redemption and Silence Guys yeah just number nine yeah okay. yeah stealing my lines yeah because you got none of your own <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, I discovered <laughs> I discovered Tom England thanks to Recreation Day. Yes. And the fact that Rob Zombie interviewed Ever Gray on Headbangers Ball on MTV2, <laughs> where they played two videos. Oh, one off, one blinded and one I'm sorry. Yes. And that Tuesday, I went and bought Recreation Day when yes. it came out. Back yeah. when albums would come out on Tuesdays and not Fridays. <laughs> yes. And let me just say, I'm so thankful that they come out on Fridays now instead yeah. of just like all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, when I first heard Blinded and I started hearing this stuff, it was right before I started it getting into death metal and death growls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared of what the band was going to sound like. <laughs> because like I was hearing like all this heaviness going on. I'm just like, oh, they're going to run it with death growls and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I love the music, but I just don't know if I'm going to like, oh my God. <laughs> That voice matches so perfectly with the music. That's incredible. Yes, yes, yes. And I've been a Tom England fan ever since. Recreation Day is one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm -hmm. A life-changing album for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything from the early day of Evergrey I love so much. And, you know, pretty much everything past The Great Collision has been... uh, Glorious Collision. Or Glorious Collision, sorry. Uh, I was thinking of another album as well. But uh, it's been kind of hit or miss Mm -hmm. for me. Actually, I would go even as far back as uh, Monday Morning Apocalypse because that's when they really changed styles like yeah. they were they were much more focused on like a, the keyboards and the the power metal side yeah and yeah. with monday morning apocalypse they kind of just went into their own kind of thing yeah. from then on out mm-hmm. and it's been hit or miss for me but there's been a lot of hits in there mm-hmm. i love what he's doing with redemption i love what he's doing with silent skies mm-hmm. even if you don't and i just really think that tom is one of the most underappreciated vocalists in metal yeah and i might talk about him later we'll see what happens again stealing my life <laughs> well, if it works, it works. <laughs> My number eight is Ronnie Romero. Um, so I, I love him mainly in The Ferryman as well as some of his solo work, but he's also also in Rainbow as well. Um, his... oh, he's a part of so many bands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been a part of a lot of things. But his voice is just again, it's like the, it has that roughness to it, but it has such passion and power behind it too. Like there's nothing he can't say. Like he's just a powerhouse, and you just listen to it and it's like you've been through some stuff you've been through some stuff who hurt you let me know i will take care of them yeah uh, ronnie didn't make my list but he is a fantastic vocalist yes i kind of consider him like a more rugged dio like if dio experimented more outside of his solo work yeah like i think it'd be the kind of stuff that michael or ronnie romero yes does yeah and i'm i'm so appreciative of all the stuff that he's been able to accomplish uh Mm -hmm. the ferryman is amazing lords of black is amazing yes Uh, yes his solo album even though it didn't make my top one Hundred. I still really appreciate that more classic metal feel that he still has. Like he's yeah. still keeping the rainbow kind of spirit alive yeah. as well. Yeah. And mm. again, just like if you know, you know. Yes. But if you don't know, you're really missing out. Absolutely. Ah, so for my number eight, it is Doug Pinnock of King's X. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about smooth? Oh yeah. Colt forty five smooth <laughs> voice. Doug Pinnock has had it since the beginning of King's X, and the fact that he's in his seventies right now. And still sounds like he's in the beginning of King's X almost 40 years ago. Yes. Is no one should be able to do that. No. <laughs> 
he's sung on some of my favorite songs of all time. He's done some amazing guest spots. Uh, he did drink. He did a song with Dream Theater as well, mm-hmm. Lines in the Sand. Mm-hmm. Um, that might come into play at some point. Okay. Okay. Um, there is so many great things about the way that Doug plays bass, the way he sings. Yeah. That even if he can't hit like all the high notes that he used to. Yeah. He's in his seventies. Give him a freaking break. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I know he doesn't sing Goldilocks live. I'm also okay with that as well. The audience sings it for him. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you know, it's their biggest song. For a reason. For a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's also the song that got you into King Sex as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'm assuming he didn't make your top ten. So what do you, he, you think of Doug? Yeah, he didn't make my list, but he is an amazing singer. Yes, Goldilocks is what got me into them, and it is my favorite song from them. <laughs> um, and we might revisit them, too. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. I'm all for that. Um, But, yeah, his voice is so smooth and just... <sighs> It, it just has meaning. <laughs> so true. True. Uh, my number seven is our bo- other the beloved, uh, World Dane. Ah, World yes. Dane, so yes. So, of Nevermore, Sanctuary, a lot of stuff. But, again, he's one of those voices that, that almost has, like, that strain, that, that roughness with it. But Pain. St- yes. But still is so powerful, and it just fits the music so incredibly well, and the lyrics are just perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, uh, most likely talking about him later, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know, our third date. Yes. Was sanctuary it was on their first reunion tour yes uh, they only did two reunion tours and we mm-hmm. got to see both yes. thankfully yes and during battle angels i wrapped my arm around you and i knew that was it I, I, I knew battle it. angels is our song yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just he's such a romantic <laughs> True story. True, True story. story. Yeah, that, that is absolutely what happened. Number seven um, is a name that I hope made your list, okay. but I also understand if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a part of uh, arguably my favorite power metal album of all time, mm-hmm. and uh, he's done some amazing work with the mastermind of that particular album and band, mm-hmm. and everyone gets his name wrong. Okay. It is Jorn Lande. Jorn mm. <laughs> has one of my favorite voices in power metal and metal in general. That's why it's part of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I His work with Master Plan is so freaking freaking underrated uh of course he's younger so he doesn't have as much graveliness pain through his voice but you can still hear it but the work that he did with master plan is some of the most underrated stuff in power metal and i wish more people would talk about master plan mm-hmm. another band you need to check out no i know and i should add them to the wheel you should and i'm going to okay but obviously i think the work that got us to most appreciate yorn was ghost Lutz. yes Um, particularly at least for me the song Lucifer Mm -hmm. when he's trading back and forth with Toby it's just magnificent stuff it's the greatest love song ever and he shines throughout the entire album as well, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's also on your favorite Aventasia song, Let Storm Descend Upon You. Yes. Even if it's very little, yeah. he's on it. He is on it. Um, he's on the title track. Again, very minimal, but he's on it yeah. as well. But yeah. uh, he's just got such a great voice. He's a part of Aventasia, uh, the live mm. setting, which I don't understand why you wouldn't write songs for Yorn <laughs> when you have him a part of the live stuff. <laughs> right. Um, but I digress yes, with that. Yes, yes, um, I just think he's severely under rated i wish he was doing more of the power metal kind of stuff mm-hmm. as well a dracula yes dracula as well the yes. first album of dracula swing of death you can't hear it anymore on streaming but if you have it oh, it's amazing so good so good um check out the master plan stuff his solo stuff is a little more classic metal classic rock and he's been a ton of covers lately mm-hmm. but it's all good stuff yeah he did not make my list but he was close i i i 
yeah, but I love his voice. Like you said, Dracula, Avantasia. I also love, love Alan Londe. Their bands, their band together. Like, oh, there's so much really good stuff there. Um, But yeah, he's an amazing vocalist. My number six is Vile Lehala of uh, Formerly Sentenced and Poison Black. And now his solo work. And now his solo work, which I'm not a huge fan of so far, but we'll see where he goes in the future. Grungy <laughs> Finnish folk. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a an, weird mix. It is not a mix. But his voice, it it's super deep. It's <laughs> got that Peter Steele deepness to it. But it's also like very sexy, very broken sounding. Just Dream I, me, my darling. I, I can fix you. I can fix you. Just <laughs> but give maybe me a he chance. doesn't want to be fixed. And we can live with the way he is. <laughs> yeah, I will take it. Sold. Poison Black or Sentenced? Oh, God. Both. I mean, mm, Sentenced, but, but just by a smidge. I wish the last Poison Black album was available on streaming as well, too, even mm-hmm. though I have it. Uh, that was the album that got me into Poison Black. Yeah. But uh, I've been a Sentence fan ever since high school and stuff like that. So the Funeral album is another one of those cha- life-changing albums. Yes. I really started to appreciate Finnish metal because of Sentence. Mm-hmm. Not him, not Sonata, <laughs> not any of these bands. Sonata was, sen- was my gateway. <laughs> it was Sentenced that yes. really got me into Finnish stuff. Yeah. Even though I did like him. Oh, I did, I did too, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. associate them with the Finnish stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. Sentenced mm-hmm. where that happened for me. But uh, even though he didn't make my list, yeah, absolutely a great choice. And yes. I completely understand why. Mm-hmm. My number six, Annika Van Giersbergen. I kind of figured she was coming at some point. Yes. Um, getting to see her live kind of twice was mm-hmm. uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, one with the Gentle Storm, which of course was a uh, one-off side project of uh, Arjun Lukinson. Yes. Yes, Arjun Lukinson. <laughs> And then uh, also getting to see her perform with Devin. Yes. And that was pretty much like the big farewell to the Devin Towns project, as I've learned, like uh, getting to do that last show with them in the States and then uh, him going solo pretty much after that. So I think mm-hmm. that was a great way to be able to finish that off. And a one-up on a lot of Devin Townsend fans who will never get to see that live. Yeah. But of course, she was a part of The Gathering, which mm-hmm. is another severely underrated band. Yeah. Kind of doomy, alternative rock kind of stuff. Uh, and she was just so young when that came out too Mm -hmm. and you know all of her amazing solo work that she's done all the amazing guest spots voice of an angel Mm -hmm. just and of course speaking of that uh, going back to prime power stuff that's how you got to appreciate a little bit of of arian yes with probably the only song that you'll ever care for (laughs) from arian valley of the queens yes i i love that song now that's that's the song i listen to in my car when i want to sing pretend i'm a singer Why don't you do it right now? No, 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 that's okay. All right. Well, we probably can't afford the copyright strike anyway. That is so. true. That is true. But um, yeah, that was magnificent being able to see that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I got, got to see Arian songs live. I was so happy to see that in the States. But um, her voice is incredible and I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. Yeah. She's not on my list, but she she has one of the cleanest voices I've ever heard in my life. Like just spot on no matter what she does. <laughs> I feel like another Van's Ge- Van Geerbergen is going to be on the list. Uh, no relation but I, I just have a feeling. Eh, I'll just, I'll give it to you now. She, Diane did not quite make my list. Really? She was very, very close, though. With how much very you talk close. her up, I thought she was going to be on here. She was on the, the bigger list. Okay. But she just didn't quite make this list, but I, I love Diane. Yes. Okay, fair enough. My number five is Roy Khan, uh, formerly of Camelot, now Conception, and he's well, done other things, Previously too. and now. Well, yes, yes. Um... <sighs> He just has one of the most haunting, beautiful, suave voices. Like he is, he is the beauty to my beast. Like he Thank is. You. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> what am I chop liver? <laughs> no, I'm the beast. Oh. I'm saying like his voice is so beautiful, but like he has that kind of theatrical side about him that is just so brooding and just. <sighs> 
so, so good. I, I miss his voice with him a lot. I felt like, even though I, I love Tommy, like Roy's voice just gave it that extra dark tricks I love. Tommy saying ghost opera to you. I know, I know. He kind of did. Kind of? He's saying right to you. I know, I know. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, back when uh, used to cover more shows and everything. Yes. Uh, before the pandemic and yes. all this stuff. Uh, we covered Camelot and Dragon Force and you were my camera girl. I was. And you went into the pit. I did. And during Ghost Opera, yes. he sang right to you so you could get some pictures he and uh, maybe he, he wanted you to go backstage. Although it would have been upstairs backstage for the green room there. And I would have. Uh, yeah, you would have had to climb some stairs. but uh, That's okay. You got to go through what you got to go through. It's true. We visited <laughs> that green room a lot. We did. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice. It had a shower, which you don't really get at venues. I know. I know. Was, <laughs> sorry. That was. I just miss all the Minnesota venues here. Oh, They're well, all going away. I didn't like the stairs in the back of the building, though. Like, they did have the elevator that we took. Well, that is true. That is true. But um, yeah, that's just a little side section there of uh, all of the Minnesota venues that have gone bye-bye. Yes. Basically. Yes. I think the Caboose is gone now, or at yeah. least uh, they haven't promoted a show since like September. Exactly. Um, mm. I think it's just like the Amsterdam and Fine Line for like the shows that we go to now. Yeah. Mill City's something else now, isn't it? It's nothing now. Oh, it's nothing now. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Well, that, right. That's what I mean. Like it's, <laughs> there, there's a reason why so many tours are skipping Minnesota because they there's have nowhere, nowhere to play. To play. <laughs> Oh, oh, we should talk about our favorite Minnesota memories at some point. Our we favorite should. concerts and yes. memories and stuff. Yes. Let's You're hearing it. it here first, folks. Maybe, maybe next week. Who knows? We'll see what happens. All right, Freddy Foreshadow. <laughs> Number five, the king of the falsettos and just diamond on the eyes. <laughs> it is, of course, King Diamond. Nice. Who is one of the most polarizing vocalists in all of metal. Yes. Either you love him or you despise his vocals. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. really no in between. No one's ever gone, meh, whatever. Meh. No. It's like you either love everything King Diamond has done yes. or you just hate his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has those perfect operatic falsettos. When he gets into the mid-range, it kind of has like a Dave Mustaine, Megadeth kind of feel at times. Yeah. But he focuses so much on the falsettos, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, he started off in Merciful Fates, which most people knew him for. And then he went solo and now he balances both. Mm-hmm. He promised both Merciful Fate and King Diamond albums will be coming out this year, but we'll see what happens. He said that before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping it will at some point. Um, uh, getting to see King Diamond live, getting to see Abigail in its entirety live. Yeah. And of course, the alternative artwork, which hangs above our TV. Yes. Uh, getting to look at that every day. I was so proud to be able to get that. <laughs> um, you also got to see Exodus, uh, yes. which was an odd pairing, but it also kind of worked as yeah, well. Yeah. It was nice to have something a little bit different. Exactly. But uh, yeah, King Diamond is the king for a very good reason. Yes. And just one of the best. Absolutely. He did not make my list, but I, I will say I'm of the population that loves his voice. It's so good, and it's horror metal. I mean, if you like horror, how can you not love his voice? And, and cheesy horror at that. Yeah. Like, if you love your B-grade grindhouse horror movies, how can you not love King Diamond? Exactly. Exactly. Whatever. <sighs> my number four is Matthias Blad, uh, formerly a Falconer. <sighs> Again, he has such, like a well-trained voice, because I mean, he does like theater outside of the main music like, he's done. Real theater. Real like, theater. Musical theater. Real 
world heater. <laughs> um, but like, it, it's just so trained. Like he, he has the power when he needs the power, but he also has like that hurt, just emotional side to him when that's needed as well. And he just, it, it's just so clean and so on the spot. Yeah. And the fact that we got to see Falconer's last ever show. Ugh. I did Falconer's last ever in-person interview yes. with the entire band. Yes. Obviously they did some interviews like online and stuff like that after. Oh yeah. I was a part of that as well from Undying yeah. Ember. Yeah. But I got to do their last in-person mm-hmm. interview. That's always going to mm-hmm. mean something to me. And he's incredible live. Whether they're doing like a full scale power metal assault, whether they're doing the acoustic songs. Oh, the acoustic like, best. <laughs> like if he lived here in the States, he'd be a Broadway star. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, obviously Sweden is much better than America. Yes. <laughs> so I don't blame him for not living here. Not at all. But Falconer is another polarizing band because of his vocals. Yes. I know a lot of people don't appreciate his vocal style. Mm-hmm. And I think they're wrong. Absolutely. But they're okay to be wrong. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're missing out. Exactly. He didn't make my top 10, but he does have a great fantastic mm-hmm. Now, I have a feeling this one will be somewhere in your top four. Okay. It might even be number four. I have no idea. I can't mm-hmm. read your list because I'm blind as a bat. Well, it's even my number four, so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, sorry, it could be in your top three. Yes. (laughs) My apologies, I thought I went first for a minute. I know. Behold, the ravages of age. (laughs) Uh, My number four is not the 80s singer, pop singer of the same name. Okay. It is the man who replaced another fantastic singer and was known for only three albums from this band, but then went on to form another band that lived on for two albums and then another uh, band that currently has two albums and a bunch of guest spots. The big bad legend, Howard Jones. Uh. Yes, not the 80s pop singer Howard Jones. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Howard Jones, he has the smoothest cleans and some of the most devastating screams that you will hear mm-hmm. in music. And I know a lot of people listening to this, I, I know a couple people offhand that I could call out right now, and I probably should, but I won't. That won't give Kill Switch the time of day because they are labeled as metalcore. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is, is you're missing out on one of the best vocalists in metal. Yes. Uh, he hits every everything that he needs to and it's funny because we saw devil you know at a bowling alley we did and you couldn't have cared less not at all had no idea i don't even know why you went with me to the show if you didn't care i think we got in for free because we snuck in ahead of time well it doesn't matter now since that (laughs) venue's gone so yeah we might as well admit it we just we just went there early enough (laughs) well the bar too and like you could eat there and stuff so we just kind of went in and hung out and same with pov since that's gone now too yes that, that was a nice little hint. Get there before the door guy. <laughs> and order food. Because they, yeah, they're not always going to... They, like, they walk around to most people, but they, mm-hmm. they miss some people. Yeah. <laughs> Tips that you can no longer use. Yes. <laughs> from the Heavy to Briefings podcast. <laughs> but yes, uh, he was amazing live, even though the acoustics were terrible because it was freaking bowling alley. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the only time I've gotten to see Howard Jones so far. Yes. I hope we can change that at some point. Yes. Be it Life Torch or any other thing that could happen. Uh, we forgot to mention that in the news that the album is in completion of uh, the new project with Adam D and Howard oh, Jones, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I'm very excited to see what's going to be happening with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's one of the vocalists that got me into Screams and Growls along with Michael Akerfeld. Mm-hmm. He helped me become a metal fan, mm-hmm. all thanks to the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack, <laughs> which sounds so strange to say nowadays, but yeah. it did get me into metal, and I'm so appreciative for that. Yeah. I'm appreciative, even if you didn't make your top three, I'm so appreciative that uh, you have an appreciation for Howard Jones now. Yes, yes. So he's not in my top three, but here's what I'll say. I kind of purposely left him and Jesse off the list because I feel like I, I'm still getting into my Kill Switch and Cage uh, 
uh, love, so to speak, and I, I want to get fully into them before I decide where they could be on a list like that. That's fair. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I didn't put Jesse on here, but he probably would be in my top 15. Yes. Mainly because, like, the lyrics that he writes just hit me so freaking hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so relatable because we've lived very identical lives. Just take out the drugs. Yes. <laughs> we've lived identical lives. Yes, yes. Okay, so my number three is Mr. Tom England. Oh, um, there he is. There he is. <sighs> He has more soul than any human being ever in this world. And it just, it's soul crushing. His voice is soul crushing. It just, it's so honest and just almost pretty, but not really because it just, it, it's so much pain behind it. And it, there's not a voice out there that can make you feel more than his voice. I think there's some that can. Well, okay. I mean, I can think of one particular singer. Every time you hear his voice, you start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's more about the lyrics, my pet. I know, but does he or does he not? Sure, sure. But I'm talking about just, <laughs> Just right. the base on the voice itself. Fair enough, fair enough. But, but yes. Um, kind of like you, some of the more recent albums haven't quite been quite been there for me. Although Glory's Collision was my favorite album from Evergrey, I will say that. And the first album you checked out, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, well, no, I had heard some, like, a couple songs, I think, before that. But that was, like, the first album, album I checked That's out. That's what I said. That was the first album you checked out. Sorry. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you meant is that that was the first, like, anything I checked out. Sidebar, this happens all the time. I know. He thinks he's a snoot. Snooty pooty and no, I say one thing and then you say no and then you say exactly what I just said. Well, I think that you mean something else. <laughs> Am I wrong or is he a snob? Let us know in the comments down below. <laughs> Am I right or is she right? <laughs> All right, my number three, my hero and yours, Dan Swano. Mm -hmm. The man can sing anything that yes. he needs to. Yes. Uh, you've covered so much ground with it. Like mm -hmm. his his cleans are some of the most sour, sorrowful, dark, yeah. sad vocals out there. He can growl with the best of them, mm -hmm. no matter the band that he's a part of. He's a sensitive vampire. He's a sensitive vampire. Mm -hmm. Yes. All the Nightingale albums are about vampires. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, not this one. It's about vampires. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, no, uh, I've gotten to talk to Dan twice. I was the only person who got to interview Dan Swano for the latest Nightingale release. And for all we know, it could be the last Nightingale release, yeah. uh, the live album that they did. Um, I'm hoping that he comes up with new music again. I'd love to be able to talk to him again. He's just mm -hmm. an amazing guy, does amazing stuff. I have an Edge of Sh uh, Sanity hoodie and shirt, mm -hmm. which I'm so happy to have. And beanie. Well, that was hat. Oh, okay. Yeah, beanie. Well, mm -hmm. I call it. It's a Midwest thing. Anything that goes on your head is a hat, okay. like that. <laughs> the smirk that she's giving me right now. I thought you said hoodie. No. Okay. Regardless. Well, actually, technically, he is a part of my hoodie because uh, mm -hmm. uh, 2020 or MMXX, however you wish to pronounce it, uh, he mixed, mastered, and is does a song on. Uh, he does the final track on the album. Yes. So yeah, he is technically a part of that. So I technically kind of have a Dan Swano hoodie. See, there you go. All right. See how I work that all together? Uh -huh. Now, along with that, Can you just, feel the love? Yes. <laughs> um, just everything that he's able to accomplish vocally is just incredible. Yeah, of course, his stuff behind the mixing board is incredible as well with uh, mm -hmm. mixing and mastering. There's a reason why so many people go to him to be able to get albums to sound the best they possibly can. Yes. Uh, I just love what he does and he's one of my biggest heroes. Someone yeah. that I've always aspired to be mm -hmm. and before i started going thinner on top i started uh, i, I kind of looked like dan swano for you a bit some similarities some similarities it's probably mm -hmm. the scandinavian thing yeah. but uh yeah, yeah just an absolute hero awesome my number two is miss floor jansen <sighs> she she can do anything she is a powerhouse obviously if you don't know who she is she's a nightwish formerly in after forever amongst many many other things um just so powerful so beautiful but so able to do anything 
anything. She can sound poppy or she can have that power behind her. She can be operatic. She can do anything. It's amazing. And we, I interviewed uh, her partner before, right around the time that they started getting together. Yes. Uh, yes. Back when uh, he was, he just left Evergrey. Yes. To join Sabaton mm-hmm. and uh, actually got an Evergrey stick. Yes. From him as well. And then mm-hmm. another pair of sticks. Uh, he let us up on the first Avenue and to take pictures of his kids and everything. Yes. It was, it was so, so cool. It was. And that was a fun show. It was. Although mm-hmm. it's kind of ruined now because of the headliner. Yeah. But it was great to see Floor doing uh, Vamp and then uh, for Sabaton. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an amazing vocalist as well. Yes. She's not a part of my top two, obviously. Not, yes. not in the top ten, but she is one of the best vocalists out there. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she's recovering okay. I know, I know. Um, I, of course, with her being a mother, I mean, is she ever going to fully recover? Right. <laughs> a mother <laughs> of two kids, but, uh, hey But, uh, you know, just, I can't wait to see what she does next. Yes. And I imagine it's going to be Nightwish, but you never know. Yeah. My number two is, of course, Heavy Debbie, Devin mm-hmm. Townsend. Yes. Another vocalist who can literally hit every single note on the musical scale. Mm-hmm. He, he can do the deepest, darkest growls and screams. Mm-hmm. He can hit falsettos that others can't mm-hmm. and everything in between he's done every style of music from the most extreme industrial messed up music and strapping on lead mm-hmm. he's done ambient music for the sole purpose of making you feel relaxed fall asleep mm-hmm. he's done country he's done pop he's done <laughs> modern rock he's done progressive or is uh, the shirt that i wish it would have gotten at prog power uh, a lower middle tier progressive metal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so many great things and I another musical hero of mine because mm-hmm. he's not afraid to make music that he wants to make yeah of course there's always gonna be that fan base like you that just wants him to make strappy on lad but I appreciate the fact that he wants to make music that he wants to make no one's gonna tell him otherwise yeah and almost all of it I love yeah mm-hmm. yeah um obviously he's not on my list but he's an amazing vocalist and yes yeah, strapping young lad is definitely my favorite from from his work but I, at the same time I mean I want him to do what he wants to do it doesn't mean it's gonna be for me to listen to but you know i don't want anybody to force themselves into something you want more strap on me you don't want more well strapping. who wouldn't but i'm not gonna for be like oh you need to do that or you're a terrible person <laughs> you always go to the most extreme quit laughing at me you always go <laughs> and she always exaggerates things when it comes to stuff like that <laughs> like she always goes to the deep end <laughs> It's like, it's got to be this, or it's the absolute tragedy of something. <laughs> well, you kind of made it that way. Well, an example. Yes. Like, let's say I got a little, what you call a blemish on my back. Sure. And I ask you to see if there's something there. Mm-hmm. And I ask if it's big. Yeah. You'll say, well, it's not the biggest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I didn't ask if it was the biggest thing I've ever seen. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> give you comparisons. I don't need the compa- I I'm just... trying to be thorough for your benefit. No, you're and not. You're throwing it in my face. No, you just jump right <laughs> to the deep end, despite the fact you never want to go into a swimming pool i can't swim i know then why do you swim towards the deep end for every i don't i'm not in the pool at all anyways what is your number my number one the best singer of all time mr andre meadows i saw this one coming Uh, a mile away obviously he is no longer with us but he was an angra shaman viper phonia he worked with uh toby and avantasia so many other things and he did an 
amazing cover not many people have heard of Queen's Rex I Don't Believe in Love. Yeah, yes. That is an amazing B-side cover off his final album. It, it is. is amazing. It, it, it is. Yeah, for me, like, his voice, so it's multifaceted because on the one side, like, he has the emotion, he has the dramatics, he has, like, that strain in it sometimes, that painfulness. But the other side, it can be super positive and happy as well. And, like, when he does those positive, happy songs, there's not another voice out there that just the vocals alone can make me just smile and bring cheer me like another voice can. And so, so sad he's not here anymore because he was just an amazing gift of the world. But yeah, I'm just happy that we have everything that we have to go back and listen to with him. Yeah, the fact that we still have it is great. Mm-hmm. And even though I never got to see him live, I wish I could have been able to see him live and stuff. Um, I'm glad we got to see at least his songs represented in Angra. Yeah. Even though, obviously, Fabio Leone, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, power metal Weird Al, is not... A lion. The, is not Andre Mantos. No, no. But it was great to see Holy Land live mm-hmm. when we went to Rock Power. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the closest I'm ever going to get to see any of his stuff live. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, yeah, the music's always going to be there. He had an incredible voice, incredible musicianship as well, and mm-hmm. his solo albums don't talk about enough. Oh, no. No, not at all. Yeah, just overall fantastic. Mm-hmm. My number one. I know a lot of people would think it's David Gold. I feel like I know who it is. You have a head on your list. Y- yeah. Like, I just want to mention David Gold because he yes. was uh, in consideration for all of this. Uh, I I did drop him at number 11. Yes. But, of course, number one should be pretty obvious. Yes. It is, of course, World. Worrell mm-hmm. uh, means so much to me with what he was able to accomplish in Sanctuary and Nevermore and his solo work never gets talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he wrote a song called Brother about the turmoil that he spent with his own brother mm-hmm. it's near and dear mm-hmm. to what I experienced with my own brother. Yeah. Uh, got to see Nevermore once at Halloween. Mm-hmm. He dressed up as a pirate. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. Uh, Jeff Loomis was dressed up as a banana which I thought was great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maybe that's why he departed the band he's in. He's longing for those banana days again. Maybe so. I I know Van and Jeff are still around, so, you know, they could do some kind of Nevermore thing, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave that as a pipe dream until something happens, because I don't want to get my expectations up too high. Yeah. But um, the fact I got to see Nevermore and see almost all of my favorite Nevermore songs live, Mm -hmm. got to see Sanctuary, and got to see all of my favorite Sanctuary songs live, either between both shows or just once. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, a lot of people gave Whirl a hard time, because he didn't play Battle Angels on the last Sanctuary tour that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. And I know you were kind of sad about that as well, too, yeah, but yeah. I still think it was a great show. Oh, absolutely. And that was the time I got to interview him, and I only got to have 15 minutes with him. Mm-hmm. Had I known those were going to be the only 15 minutes I would have had with him, I would have tried to go even deeper and try to get yeah. the most out of it I can. But I'm so thankful that I got to meet him, mm-hmm. a fellow diabetic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite singers. Uh, the fact that he can hit those highs and those lows mm-hmm. the way that he did no one else can do it the way world dane did yeah and i'm so appreciative that he was a part of music and helped change the landscape of music mm-hmm. um and changed the way that i think about music as well mm-hmm. i mean dead heart in the dead world is one of my favorite albums of all time yes um the only nevermore shirt i have is the godless endeavor which i hope to be able to fit into and if i keep uh, losing weight than i am i mm-hmm. will be able to fit into that once again yes. and just over years i mean you might have thought it could be dan swano or devin townsend yeah i 
I didn't even leave, I didn't even put Michael Eicherfeld on here, who was the yeah. reason I got into Screams and Girls. <laughs> yes. I could have put Stephen Wilson on here as well, yeah. too. But mm-hmm. with where I am right now in 2024, World Dane is my favorite vocalist mm-hmm. of all time. Understandable. So what do you think, folks? What do you think of our top tens? Does someone have a better top ten? As uh, a good mix of both? Did we leave some names out? What is it specifically about James Hetfield that we left out for <laughs> this list that you're very upset about? Let us know in the comments down below. Well, for this last segment, let's let's talk a little bit about what we've been enjoying lately. Yeah. Um, movies? We've got nothing. Yeah, nothing movie-wise, but TV. TV. We watched the new series Ted. Yes, it is based off the teddy bear yes. from South McFarlane. Yes. Now, when I first heard about this, I was wondering why this was happening. <laughs> yes. I, I felt like it was just going to be like a giant cash-in on the movies and, uh, you know, just kind of Seth MacFarlane scraping the bottom of the barrel because yeah. he's running out of ideas. Yeah. That was my original thought. Yeah, because he does that a lot. Yeah. So what did you think before we watched it? What did you think of this being a TV series? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of coming from the same camp. Like, Ted, the, the first Ted movie was, was enjoyable and, and Ted's just a funny character, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't love a teddy bear who has a foul mouth? But, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't have much for expectations with it, though. I thought it would be pretty... So, once we actually started watching, what did you think? It was better than I thought it was going to be. Is the humor super lowbrow? Absolutely. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Are they stealing stuff from Family Guy? Absolutely. Literal jokes yes. that were done in Family Guy yes. are repeated in Ted. Yes. Like, almost word for word. Yeah. <laughs> but the time period, it's, it's set during, like, the early 90s. 93 into 94. Yeah. It's intriguing seeing kind of things from that time period, because, you know, I was a young... 30 years ago. I was a youngster then, and Ted's Ted's funny still, you know, even though it's... It's, it's Peter Griffin as a teddy bear. It is, it is, but it's still kind of enjoyable. There was just something kind of funny about it. It was easy entertainment. Well, easy if you have, like... Crude sense of humor. Crude sense of humor, yes. Um, but it was it was fine. It was fine. It was it was a, it was a, it was enjoyable enough to watch. It was a romp. It was a romp. Yeah, I... There's things about Seth MacFarlane's humor where mm-hmm. he takes a joke and he extends it for about, like, two to five minutes longer than it needs to. Yeah. And that's all throughout the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, with the stolen stuff from Family Guy as well. Yeah. That said, I did enjoy it mm-hmm. all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if there's going to be a next season. I know they kind of exploited it as the fact that these are the only episodes that there's going to be. It's just a one-time event. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of streaming things are doing that now mm-hmm. to see to gauge like if there's enough demand for a season two. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we listen to you. We're going to give you a season two. <laughs> exactly. Despite the fact that it's already in the works, probably. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, the fact that 93, 94, you know, I, I, was, I went to kindergarten in 94, so oof, 30 years ago. <laughs> You know, that uh, kind of no. kind of chips away at you it after does. a while. It does. The ravages of age. The ravages of age. But uh, yeah, just I, some of the jokes didn't land. Some of the stories didn't land. But I still think if you enjoyed Family Guy at all, yeah. either the early episodes, which is the ones that I enjoy, mm. or even if you still watch this day, I think you'll find something to appreciate. And mm-hmm. there's much worse ways to spend about five hours yeah, well, yeah, watching. Absolutely. It's only seven episodes. Some of them are shorter. Some of them are longer but it, mm-hmm. it's roughly about like five hours 
So yeah. what else are you going to do on a mid-Saturday afternoon? Exactly. Especially when it's so cold outside and snowing and everything. Snow- yeah. And experiencing winter madness exactly. going back in the winter sun. Exactly. <laughs> um, wrestling, I think we should go ahead and say it. Yeah. This is the first Dynamite we purposely skipped while we, we were home. We did. We skipped it. We skipped it. I tested out the waters what it's like not to watch it at all. And I don't know that we missed anything. The only thing that I saw was they're pretty much teasing Sting and Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks at Revolution. Which is, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't realize this, but Sting's never had a one-on-one match in AEW. Oh. And I think that's why they're going to end with a tag team match. Was the B-recorded one a one-on-one or was that? No. No. Okay. They they did things one-on-one, but it was like, it was like a tag team thing. And yeah. Okay. None of that was one-on-one. Interesting. Every single match has been at least a tag team, if not multiple men. Six, eight, whatever. I mean, he could at least take Ric Flair. Boy, I, I thought they would have done that, but I guess... I, know, right? I thought that would have been the thing to do. Sting versus Ric Flair, final match. Yes. Although I didn't want to see it, so I thought that's what they, <laughs> they were going to do. They read a live match. <laughs> they both fall in and the Undertaker comes out. <laughs> And the Undertaker's hand comes out of the grave. <laughs> yes. And uh, me and Mark Calloway comes out. Yes, <laughs> on his bike. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, yeah, that's all I've heard. And uh, yeah. as we're recording this on a mid-Saturday afternoon, yes. there is Collision and Battle of the Belts 9. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to watch. Nope. Because we don't watch on Saturdays. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, we're pretty much done at this point, right? I, I, I'm i pretty sure. So, I mean, yeah. like, I think we're going to watch Revolution Sea Stings last match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because of no stuff. Nostalgia. Exactly, exactly. But I think we're pretty much done. Like, I, I don't think we need to watch the week the week stuff. And I, yeah, I can't. Unless it goes on the max. Yeah, maybe then, maybe then. We could save like $300 on the cable. Anyways. Anyways, uh, gaming, you played Red Dead? Y- yes, I played the uh, remastered version of Red Dead Redemption. Finally mm-hmm. available on the PS4. Yes. Even though it's been available on Xbox uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> it got to play it on the, X- or, uh, the PlayStation, and I thoroughly enjoyed it again. I remembered why I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Very tragic story at mm-hmm. the end. Um, but of course, Red Dead 2 is as well. I mean, that's kind of par for the course of everything that goes on with it. They're always yeah. sad stories. Stories, but you know, just it's Grand Theft Horse. It is, it and is. that's what you appreciate about it. Exactly. So, you know, like the Southern U.S. and Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, back in the turn of the century, like 1911. Mm-hmm. So you know, some really good stuff going on there. And yeah. It, it's just really fun. I mean, there's been a couple times that it's a it closed out, or I had to shut it off and restart it. Mm-hmm. But all that said, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Didn't get to play on Dead Nightmare yet, but uh, we are playing a different kind of zombie-esque we game. Are so next week on friday the remake of last of us 2 is coming out so we decided we well we better go back and play last of us 1 again <laughs> yeah and for that uh if you are interested in last of us part 2 remastered uh buy a physical copy mm-hmm. because it's gonna be very cheap and then yes. it's a ten dollar upgrade yes because if you buy a digital now it is 50 yeah mm-hmm. so do yourself a favor buy a physical version now yeah and just pay the 10 bucks exactly but all that said i'm very excited to be able to play that and i still think that's your favorite one of the two right part two part two yeah mm-hmm. but uh we're going through part one right now mm-hmm. we're not going through um last of us part one which is the official name of the, the ps5 version mm-hmm. we're playing the last of us remastered which is the ps4 version mm-hmm. of the ps3 version yes <laughs> 
There's a lot of versions. It's a rich tapestry. Like a version. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we basically do this every January now. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, We go through The Last of Us 1 and 2. We did this in preparation for the TV show last year, and we're doing it again this year. Yes. uh, Just Mm because. And, you know, it seems like January is an important month for The Last of Us, of course, with Part 2 coming out next week, Mm -hmm. or this Friday, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun to go back and play through it. We're really going through it. We're like halfway through yeah, already. It's been going fast this time. Yeah, we just started last night. We're uh-huh. already like halfway through. Yeah. But uh, we're also doing New Game Plus as well. So that makes things a lot easier. That is true. That is true. Uh, all the weapons that you upgrade, uh, they, they're able to transfer through into New Game Plus, And mm-hmm. uh, you have much more life and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. a lot more easier stuff to be able to deal with. Yeah. But what's it like going through it again? Well, I think it's fun. And another change since the last time we played it is... We we uh, changed our sound system around a little bit, so... Yes, we have a 5.1 surround sound system now. Yeah, so it's really cool kind of hearing the clickers, like, behind you and stuff now. <laughs> um, but it's it's such a good game. I mean, it's very emotionally pulling for... It gets you involved very, very deeply. <laughs> um, but it, it's still fun. It's crazy. Yeah, it's everything you need in a game. Exactly. And it's this weird seeing the, the problems people have with it online. Again, I think it's because it is so popular. Mm-hmm. But... People keep accusing Sony of making interactive movies rather than games. Okay. Because they focus so much on the storytelling and there's so many scenes of dialogue <sighs> that it's not even a game. It's just an interactive movie. I mean, I don't think that's a case for this, first of all, but I, I, I appreciate a good story. I mean... I do too. It's something and, to get invested in. And I mean, I think if you're not looking for a story, then maybe you're looking at the wrong type of game. I mean, there's different types of games that are good for stories. There's different games that are good for just like beat them up and whatever, you know? Well, I imagine all the Call of Duty fans are the ones that are, like, upset with, like, The Last of Us and God of War and stuff like that. Well, where probably isn't their that. turf anyway. Well, so that's what I mean. Get back over into the, the army. <laughs> In the army reserve. Go yeah. for it! <laughs> But um, yeah, so we'll be playing Last of Us Part 2 next week. Yes. And that's going to be really fun because, again, mm-hmm. $10 upgrade because mm-hmm. we have the physical version. Yeah. And if you are interested, again, I implore you, mm-hmm. buy the physical version and just yes. get the $10 upgrade instead of wasting 50 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Music-wise, I haven't checked out anything new, but I know you had mentioned a few new things that you heard about. Yes. Uh, Exit Eden. They have a new album out? Or yes, their sophomore album. Okay. Uh, it's half original, half covers. Okay. They're now down to three members of course yes. now mm-hmm. uh, Marco formerly of Nightwish is, does a guest spot on one of the songs mm, as well yes and I'm glad to see him still out doing stuff yeah like um, I talked to him during the Nightwish album yeah and he just talked about he loved the idea of just being able to sit back and play PS5 yes that's what he just wanted to do <laughs> and I encouraged him to do that so I'm not saying I encouraged him to leave Nightwish <laughs> now we know it's your fault <laughs> yes <laughs> but no I just I hope he is just taking time to relax yeah yeah. And do his thing and uh, do the occasional show with Taria. Yeah. Which I hope happens in, in the States one day. That'd be cool. They did Mexico, so why not US? Or if Taro did another album and came to the US? Oh, man. Oh, uh, now you're really reaching now. I am. <laughs> but I am. That's what I do. Know. That's what I do. Hey, to die for has come back, so exactly. you never. Anything's possible now. Exactly. Uh, I haven't heard the album yet besides the one song. Mm-hmm. Um, probably should get on that. Yeah. Um, of course, in a couple weeks, I will be doing. Well, I'll save all the plugs for the end. Yes. But um, I'll 
I'll be getting back into the album reviews and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. No interviews on the horizon right now, sadly, yeah. but uh, I'll be checking this out and uh, I'll be talking about it on the YouTube channel, of course. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I just got the promo on Friday. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to reach out for an interview on Monday. I'm going to hope for the best, expect the worst, which is, uh, you know, uh, the way you should live life. That way, if something yeah. good happens, you know, you can appreciate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the first two songs. Of course, it is a double album. Yeah. Uh, the one is uh, like pure symphonic black metal mm-hmm. and the other disc is pure symphonic. Okay. Uh, you heard both versions mm-hmm. of one song and yes. I know you like the symphonic version more. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, um, well, I've never really gotten your thoughts on Emperor, so, I mean, it sounds a lot like Emperor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to visit that on, on the wheel one day. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't wait to check it out and uh, maybe an interview will happen. I mean, maybe. he sounds one of the last names on my bucket list, so that'd mm-hmm. be really cool. That would be amazing. If nothing else, I'll just be able to talk about it the week of release. Exactly. So. And then also... The new Russell Guns album is coming out, um, featuring, of well, course... Well, no, it's out. Oh, is it out now? Yeah, okay. it came out yesterday. Of course, featuring Jack Russell of Great White and Crazy Guns of LA Guns. And so many other versions of LA Guns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Russell of so many versions of Great White. It's and true. And Tracy Guns of so that's, many that's versions of That's why they get each Guns. other so well. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've only heard a couple songs off of it at the beginning of the album. Yeah. But it's more rocking than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Like, it's like good hard rock stuff. Like, okay. I was not expecting that. All right. I'm still of the mindset, even though it's not really the case anymore. Yeah. Of like all the bands that were like in the 80s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. like basically just putting out ballads, mm-hmm. you know, like the acoustic ballads. I'm still of that mindset that that's all they do. Yeah. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. There's actually some bands, minus Hurricane, who actually try and put out good albums these days. Mm-hmm. And at least from the first couple songs, it sounds really good. And I'm yeah. curious to hear the rest of it. I'm curious to hear it too. I have been very laxed on checking out music because I'm still kind of in the mindset of taking a break. Yeah. And stuff. Well, and it's still uh, early in the year. It's still early in the year, but again... Well, we might as well get into the plugs now because this is the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, in a couple weeks, I'll be doing Out Today and What I Missed, mm-hmm. my new series where I cover what you'd expect from the title, what came out today, <laughs> because it'll be released every Friday. Yes. And any albums that I missed in the past week. Yeah. Or anything past that as well, too. But if I checked them out, I'll be able to talk about it there as well. Starting off with what came out and then what I missed. Mm-hmm. This will probably make up for the lack of interviews that are going on lately. Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Not at all. Not at all. But, um, of course, course we are going to be continuing the podcast i hope you're enjoying the intro and the outro to the show uh yeah. it was really fun making those i haven't heard anything about that but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully you are um what do we have to look forward to next week besides accountability 101 with faith no more well i mean i think we got an idea earlier in the episode maybe we'll start covering our top concerts or moments in in concerts in in our our history together it's probably gonna be all <laughs> station four shows i did some of it yes yeah, probably <laughs> um yeah i think that could be a fun one I'm, that'll take me a little bit to try to remember everything because yeah. I covered so many shows. Yeah. Uh, I, I miss that. I miss that aspect of me, but yeah. I also don't miss uh, waiting around till 2 a.m. to be told an interview's not happening. Yeah. I miss standing in line for concert, talking to random people who you don't want to talk to. The smell. The smell. Standing at the shows all night to hear a cover or not a cover, a, an opening band that you don't love and stand around waiting for the actual band you like. and Being around people you don't want to be around. People you don't want to be 
around drunk people. The pits and local people bands. trying to push you into them. Yes. One guy in particular, like, who would just, like, start pushing people while he was in the pit. Uh-huh. Or, like, ones that weren't even a part of it. Uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And uh, we could just go off on this. This could be another topic. Yes. You know what? Stay tuned. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, episode 27 of the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. Yes. For the Metal, the Metal Fairy. Fairy. You should start doing that now. I so, can. Okay. We'll do it. Let, let's do it proper. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 27 of the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. For the Metal Fairy. This is Josh Ronquist saying, see ya. Oodles.